Welcome in, everybody, to a Sunday night uh, recap for the Browns' Week 3 victory over the Tennessee Titans, 27-3. to My name is Andrew Spade. I'm joined by uh, Brad Ward and Jake Burns for a... We're going to talk for about an hour about uh, what we saw today, what we thought about today. Uh, I can see from the comments there's already a lot of excitement uh, in the in the room. We're, we're all very excited that the Browns won this game, bounced back after uh, what was a really difficult Monday night loss uh so short week came back and won against a team that you know the titans maybe aren't the best team in the in the league but uh certainly we know from previous experience that if if you don't come ready to play against tennessee they can get your number so uh a win that the browns needed to have and they got it uh to go to two and one on the season the ravens of course meanwhile lost uh in overtime to the colts uh at home which is a a, a bad loss for them against a gardner Minshew led team so that puts the browns into as of now, a two-way tie atop the AFC North with the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see what happens with Pittsburgh tonight out in Las Vegas. Uh, but let's welcome in uh, my uh, co-host, my guests, my uh, fellow analysts that will dig into this game. I'll send it over to Brad Ward first for just the feeling, because I, I think that there's, I'll say this to start things off and to kind of set the tone. It feels like a huge relief, as I said before, because of what was on the table going to one and two after how bad Monday night was would have felt really rough. The Browns won. They won in emphatic fashion, the best game Deshaun Watson's probably had as a Cleveland Brown. So Brad, sum up for me, how you're feeling on a, a level of excitement for this season. Are you completely back on board? Or are you still a little bit reserved from where we were week one? How's it all shake out for you? Uh, well, it's a complex question. Uh, yeah, listen, hard hitting. I'm, I'm uh, I'm fired up, man. It's a great <laughs> win. It's a great win for this team. Uh, and this defense continues to be um, incredibly impressive. Like, incre I mean, like, shockingly impressive. Like, they are uh, exceeding all expectations so far. Uh, and they are just so much fun to watch. So that is something that, can really get behind. And then if you want to look at the offense, uh, do I think the offense as a whole is like stellar? No, but we got the best performance from Watson, the kind of performance from Watson that we've been asking for numbers wise, especially it felt like he gained some momentum throughout the game, uh, kind of leading into some better throws and he was much more accurate on time. Uh, it felt like he got into a bit of a rhythm, which is kind of what we've been waiting for. Uh, and and put up one of those games we've been asking for, and so I don't want to move the goalposts on him or anything like that. Right. I you know I've been accused of that a little bit here uh, in my reaction because I I don't think he was amazing or anything like that. Like, but I think he was very solid, and mm -hmm. it's a great step in the right direction for this offense to see that. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's a great, it's a good win. This Titans team will beat some good teams this year. They're mm -hmm. gonna be. Yep. Um, just because of their well coached and their defense mm -hmm. and everything, and, and the Browns really just dominated dominated them. And uh, that that was, I mean, six days ago, earlier this week. I mean, it was doom and gloom, and here we are now. So uh, things change quickly, right, in, in the NFL. So uh, a wild week for the Browns, but at the end of it uh, all, kind of right back where we started, where I'm pretty optimistic. Uh, Jake, I'll send it over to you for the, basically the same question. I mean, you and I talked a few times, you know, over the course of the week about 
what it felt like and and where it felt like things could be he- headed. And I, I think I don't, you know, I, I, I stand by a lot of, a lot of those conversations, but I also think in, you know, ha- having seen this today, it, it definitely feels like the team is may- maybe on more solid footing than it felt like they could have been uh, coming into this week. You're muted. <clears throat> Sorry guys. Uh, yeah. You get some stuff that I thought, Listen, I thought it was largely outside of the opening script, which was pretty audacious. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I don't, it felt like the, by the third reverse, I was like, this is getting a little circusy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I get it. Kevin is like trying to, what do we talk about the defense a lot, right? Like they're having fun. They're having mm-hmm. fun. And I think Kevin's trying to make the offense have some fun and get them excited about things. And I know that is sometimes not going to work and you're going to laugh at it or you're going to get grumpy about it which I get, but he's trying to create big plays and you create big plays. You have fun. That's the root of offensive football, big plays. That's what you love. So, uh, you know, they didn't work all too well, but it got them down the field for three points, which is what they needed to do was to get points on the board early. We thought points were going to be at a premium in this game. Obviously Tennessee scored three points and what they were at a Mm. premium. So, um, uh, otherwise, I thought it felt really similar, Andrew, and I, I know we texted about it a little bit uh, in terms of their some of their splits and some of the stuff that they 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 traditionally do. The getting under center, they did some wide zone, they did some toss sweep and pull stuff. Um, I still want them to be in the gun more because if you watch today, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm going to try to gather them from True Media while we're on the show here. His best EPA work came from the gun today. It was it wasn't mm-hmm. even close. If you take mm-hmm. out that last. I think Tennessee was just disinterested. The game was over. It was 20 yeah. to three. And they just two guys, the safety and corner, just staring at each other. Like who's going to cover him running right between us. It was as bad a coverage bust as you'll see mm-hmm. that that was not indicative of the under center play action game today. I thought Tennessee defended that stuff. Well, and I think for the most part this year, that stuff has been defended really well. So uh, I, I don't love the volume of that still, especially when like, the NFL, we've been talking about this for a little bit. Yep. The NFL has been just sort of getting better at it over the years. Yep. And they're to the point now where they're everybody on the defensive side of the football, for the most part, there's some anemic defenses out there, but pretty much every defense is understanding how to paint the coverage uh, to those backside boot concepts. So I don't want to see them keep running those as frequently, but mm-hmm. uh, otherwise I think Amari Cooper was the difference in the game. I mean, he was unbelievable. He made tough catch after tough catch. He had mm-hmm. a, a ball down the left sideline. We all know, should have sprung for 40 more yards. He had seven catches on eight targets for 116 yards in the touchdown. And Deshaun deserves credit. He was better after that mind-boggling throw backwards where I'm like, man, buddy, you are not – you're trying to recapture the hero ball stuff with some stuff. Like, just play within structure. Play Mm – like, just take downs. Like, he's trying to get that – some of what made Deshaun Watson so spectacular in Houston is his ability to – make something out of nothing. And he wants to do that all the time, but you can't force that stuff. So after that play, and even though leading up to that play, he was something like seven of eight, he was fine. I thought stuff started to really click for him. He started to play better. He put some balls in the right spot. I thought his, his progressions were stronger and he ended up putting together a pretty good game, but that's not to yep. take away from him. What I'm saying about Cooper is he was unbelievable yes. in this one. Yep. He had seven catches on eight targets, 116 touchdowns, but he drew four first down penalties which mm. is so ridiculous. And I believe three of which came on third downs. Mm-hmm. He had two DPIs drawn and two holding fouls drawn on the defense, which are five yards and an automatic first. So like those are game altering plays because they create either downfield intercept or downfield um, DPI driven yardage, 
uh, which the, if you if you know the first one came on a second and 26, it's actually, ironically, Andrew, right after the ball he threw backwards. It was second right. and 26. Yep. He chucked that thing down the field and he got called. So I just thought Cooper was – that's probably the best game I've seen from a Browns receiver in a minute, um, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe maybe dating back to Josh Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought he was dominant. He caught balls in traffic and loved that performance from him. And I thought they did a great job. Um, scheming some things up later in the game too. I wrote about it and um, we can dive into that in just a little bit, but there's some yeah. good stuff here all around. I still would like them to get better at some of the funky RPO gun stuff that I think they can be good at. Um, and, and again, we're talking about that same play. He threw it backward. That was an RPO they were trying to create um, and, and they missed a block. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot to peel back on the offense here, but um it will get to the defense because whoa, Nelly. I mean, they are. Yeah. Well, that's where uh, I want to go. Special. Yeah. Go that's ahead. That's where go I want to go next because you know yep. I think I'll just make a policy right here. We got an hour of of showtime. If if anybody in the comments wants to put, I mean, it should be it should be truthful. It should be a real stat. But if anybody has a an outlandish defense stat that I can I can put on screen, Philly's got a great one here. Eight of forty-one on third down so far for the defense <laughs> this year, which is I mean all, a, a lot of the numbers the defense is putting up are kind of mind bending in that they, yeah, Ian's got the, the, the graphic for the, for today's performance. It's been three games now. And I think what I want to talk about here is I, I think we, we thought week one, okay, Joe Burrows, maybe still hurt. The weather is, is rough. Um, you know, how much do we take away from that week two? They're dominant again. It's a little bit hidden by the two uh, touchdowns. The offense uh, creates for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, defense. Um, and it's, you know, it's Kenny Pickett, it's Matt Canada. They're kind of going through their whole thing there in Pittsburgh. Now I know that Tennessee is also kind of in that same group of offenses, right? They are a, they're a bottom half of the, of the league offense. They have a, a really rough offensive line. Obviously Miles Garrett took advantage of that all day long. Having said that you cannot ask an NFL team to be much more dominant than what the Browns have been every week so far. And that you know, the, you, the, these games don't get played on a curve. Like we saw what the Cowboys just did uh, in in allowing uh, you know a lot of rushing yards to the Arizona Cardinals on the way to a loss, right? So we know it's the NFL. Every week is a, is a new challenge, and it's very rare to see a, a unit on one side of the ball pitching almost shutouts. I mean, this game that that was an Elijah Moore fumble that set up their field goal. They went back nine yards and kicked a field goal. So. Other than that, this is a this is a shutout by the Browns defense against a team that, just despite its struggles, has you know a, a decent veteran NFL quarterback, DeAndre Hopkins, Derrick Henry. These are real players on the football field, and it's like they you know they they look like a JV squad against the Browns defense. So I, I just I think Brad, it's it's to the point now where we have to believe and expect really week to week that we're going to see something like this from the Browns defense, right? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to expect it, right? Like, it's so dominant that it's hard to expect it, but you expect something similar, right? Like, the thing that, that's mind-boggling to me is, like, it's not just, like, so they're getting pressure, yep, and they're stopping the run, and every single, like, every single pass is being challenged. Like, there's, ne- like, never beyond last week when uh, uh, Pickens got free a couple times, you know, on some coverage stuff beyond that, like really week one today, there's always somebody there challenging every single pass. And just, you go around and watch like the red zone and generally because of the amount of zone being played in the NFL, 
you just are going to get guys that get open uh, in the flow of any offense in the league. And it's just not happening for teams against the Browns. They are that good on the back end corner wise, which I really think emphasizes like how good they can be all around. Like uh, today uh, I thought Martin Emerson uh, did an incredible job along with Ward on Hopkins who they tried to, I mean, that was pretty much their only offense at that point, but it was working a little bit, right? Like he was, he's mm-hmm. a handful regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's like no matter what an offense brings to the table and granted you, you guys have pointed out that, you know, we haven't played great offenses yet. So we will be challenged more than this, but uh, certainly, but mm-hmm. so far they have an answer for everything. And right. um it's incredible to watch, right? Uh, yeah. Everybody is kind of thriving. Um, this secondary is so much fun to watch. And along, obviously, Miles Garrett was unbelievable today. But yeah, you've got Mo Hurst contributing. You've got, mm-hmm. um, you know, I still don't know what Elliot's doing out there. But either way, <laughs> uh, he's well, out got, there. There's got to be some. There's got to, and he's been he's been better playing fewer snaps. So you know, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, relative true. improvement. Um. Jake, I, you know, the, before today, I, I think they'll take a little bit of a hit uh, with with their performance against the Colts. But uh, before today, uh, the Ravens were a top five, a top ten uh, offense by DVOA uh, over their first two games, and I think uh, were very impressive last week against the Bengals. Certainly, so I think next week certainly the sternest test of the early season so far for this defense. Right? Can't hear you, buddy. Someone must have muted me because I didn't mute me. Um. I was looking at something peculiar, which is the Browns have allowed five plays, six plays inside their 30 yard line in three games. Yeah. That's, that's, um, yeah, these are, that's, these are that's unbelievable. These are six plays stats. inside your 30 yard line is, yeah. is wild. Three and, games. Yeah. and they, and they've, um, you know, directly result given up. So I don't remember exactly how Cincinnati got, um, you know, how, how did they get on the board? I can't remember. They kicked three. I don't know if that came off a turnover or not, but as far as giving up points, yeah, I think they've only given up the one touchdown as a means of something that didn't come off of a turnover because that's I right. think Cincinnati kicked a field goal off the Watson interception, mm-hmm. if I recall. I believe that's correct. That, this is a, yeah, it's actually bananas. The 26 points is such a cruel injustice to the three game stretch here. Yep. Uh, it's, it's laughable. So yeah, they have played lights out football. They are, you know, what Jim Schwartz talks about is he wants his interior guys to be penetrators because what he wants the running back to feel like is that he has to run through a maze mm-hmm. to get any yardage. And they're doing that in such a unique way. The penetration is causing, like, you could see Derrick Henry on the sidelines. Like, I'm talking eyes wide open. Like, this mm-hmm. is not working. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just. Um, uh, it's the first time I think that we can all sit here and say that they have a team or teams they're playing schemed up really well. They have a front that is vicious in both phases. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you take away Najee Harris's cutback fluky run where Zadarius has him cut off on the front side last week, I think that was another 30 yard rushing performance. It is, um, it is really after what we sat through last year and had to talk about and had to break down, it yep. is a really welcome change to have this opportunity to, uh, and again, that's not all Joe Woods' fault. That is, that is largely we have discussed some personnel issues. Linebackers mm-hmm. were hurt. The defensive mm-hmm. tackles weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jadevian Clowney was doing Jadevian Clowney's thing. So, like, there yep. is uh, some answer beyond Joe Woods, but it is, in in my opinion, 
Schwartz has done a really nice job motivating and getting these guys to believe in what they're doing. And I really don't think they're doing anything overly complicated. I just think they're playing fast. And again, I think these guys are another year matured. So many of them are young. If you look at the only big play allowed in this game, it was on Cameron Mitchell. Yep. Um, and it was a great coverage play. He was mm -hmm. right there, just needed to break it up. And the other, um, you know, I think there was a defensive pass interference on Emerson on a, yeah. on like, I thought Traylon Burks was like grabbing his head and pulling yeah. him down. And that's why he was holding on because his head was being pulled down. So, I mean, Emerson had the one ball to, to Hopkins up the sideline that, that got caught, but I mean, it's DeAndre Hopkins and sideline yeah. stuff. It's mm -hmm. freaky. So, um, there is not a player defensively that I have an issue with. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm really encouraged by how they're using them. If you have not seen, I just retweeted it, the video of miles running back and forth and having <laughs> Titans, oh Titans two tight ends, just chasing. Yeah. It's the funniest thing I've seen all day. All funny as I've seen in a long time. Yeah. So, and it resulted um, in a delay of game, right? It did. It was. Yeah. I don't know if they called a timeout or they ended up taking the delay. It was hilarious. Yeah. They're inside the head of people trying to block them. Mm -hmm. um, they dominated Pittsburgh, and you'll you'll see the people from Pittsburgh be like, "Well, you know, TJ, what, what do this? It's like, yeah. "Hey, man, you don't know how fast Kenny Pickett was trying to get rid of the football all night. Like mm -hmm. they were, and it altered them to the point of an embarrassing offensive output. So, um. They're good, man. They're really good. Yeah. We're going to write it up at the OBR to try to tell you why they're really good. But the performances are strong. The usages, uh, the way they're using these guys is really strong. And, and, and again, above all else, these are players matured into the NFL now. They're not first and second year guys. They're third, fourth, fifth year guys. And they're playing well, really, mm. really well. Even the ball, again, I think it was Burks on that deep dig from – um, against Ward, he did such a great job of ripping the catch pocket at the last second to break that one up. And teams mm -hmm. aren't throwing the football over the middle of the field, you know, like they're they're completely erasing that outside of the Pickens catch. And and it's like, God, it's fun. It's fun. And and you made the point too of like if they were playing this way last year, you know, what would their record be? It'd, it'd be yeah. far superior. But like, um, if they can ride this group, uh, if this group stays healthy. Mm -hmm. And the offense just gets better. We saw yep. really good steps in the right direction today. You see why we have a lot of confidence that this group should be pretty good, right? Like, it's well, that's not what I want to. Yeah, that's what I want to drill down on. That's, I mean, you you do you have confidence that this is re replicable week in week out for for the foreseeable future, regardless. I mean, because it's the Ravens next week at home. And then it's the bye week, and then it's the 49ers. So the next two offenses yeah. are, are going to be two of the better offenses in the league. And you, you feel like this defense is going to be just as good against those guys. You you know as well as I do, Andrew, they're going to face better scheme and talent uh, mm -hmm. throughout the rest of the season, right? They're going to still have some teams they play on the schedule like that are just not going to be very good. But they're going to get scheme. There are going to be moments where they struggle. It's not, I think they're going to be a top five defense. If they're okay. outside the top five, I will be disappointed. That doesn't mean top five defenses don't have games where sure, yeah. teams find ways to put 14, 17, 21 on the board. And I know you're mm -hmm. not saying that, but like I wouldn't be, you know, keeping the 49ers under 20 points at or right. under 20 points is a win, right? Yeah. Keeping yes. Lamar boxed in to 20 points is a win. You got to expect your offense can score three touchdowns, right? Mm -hmm. or, or or a couple touchdowns and three field goals. And, and that's yeah. the hope here is that they can play that way. Um, I have confidence that they're really, really good. Um, if things go health wise and, um, 
you know, looking at the schedule health wise, the way we think that they, you know, it sh- cross your fingers should and could, yep. they should be peak top five defense inside the top three, but I don't see a group that's any worse than top 10. There's just, there's mm-hmm. too much talent and they're too comfortable in what they're doing. Yeah. So, the confidence, right. Is the, is yeah. the thing that they feel, they feel, uh, I mean, it's, it goes back to what you said about Miles Garrett messing with the, the protection uh, on that one play. They feel like they are in command. They are, it's you know it is it is a true polar opposite of the Joe Woods experience because the Joe Woods experience I've said this a thousand times maybe this will be the last time I say it uh, was reactive right so the offense would do what the offense wanted and then the defense would try and stop them once they figured out what the offense wanted to do this defense's proposition essentially is we are going to hit you in the face as hard as we can and we dare you to stop us that is Um, that is the entirety of their proposition well, I want—I don't know if we shared this. Maybe you guys did. Have you seen the fewest total yards through three games? Did anyone share that yet? Yeah, I, I threw that up, but you can throw it up again. Yeah. Let's talk about it. No, we don't have it. to throw it up. I'll just say the ninety-nine bucks. The seventy Lions are the only two teams who have allowed yeah. less yardage through three games. I mean, that yeah, is—they're they're on. I bananas. mean, you talk about them finishing top five over the course of the season. That it—that it, would be them taking at times during the season, as you said, they would face higher competition. They would take some steps back. As of now, through three games. They're on record-setting pace, and with what happened to Dallas today in Arizona, the Browns through three games, I'm sure, statistically have the best defense in the NFL by a wide margin. So, Brad, uh, I want to I want to go to you for for kind of your thoughts on on what Jake and I are talking about here, and is that a confidence you share that this is a top five unit going forward? Because if it is, I just you know I want you to address this part too. If it is a top five unit, then that you know the floor for this team is so high if they're routinely going to be holding teams under 20 points. Yeah, I think that it is. I don't think there's any question about that. I think that like when you guys were talking about the Ravens and the Niners, I don't fear. I feel like this defense is much better equipped to face the Ravens mm-hmm. um, the way they are right now. Cause they kind of are, they looked good last week, but they're somewhat disjointed and figuring out this offense. And they have the Browns have a ton of speed on defense, right? Uh, than the 49ers. The 49ers, mm-hmm. I think, will be the ultimate test. Um, but you know, the Browns will be coming off a bye week and and hopefully healthy and all that good stuff, right? So right. uh that will be the real test. I, I mean, the Ravens are gonna be a test too, don't get me wrong. I just think that they're better equipped to face them uh now. I'm glad we're yeah. facing them earlier in the season mm-hmm. uh, here. Obviously, we'll play them again, but right. um, it's well, uh, that'll be these two games will be a telling as far yeah. as like uh, you know a real litmus test of what they are because these three offenses are kind of bad, right? The first mm-hmm. in the rain, the Bengals are bad, but um, I don't think the level of domination speaks to like they look like the best defense in the league. And a lot of people are saying that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even if there's a little bit of a fall off against some of the talent, you're still going to be top five and you still can rely on them. I think to get you off the field in big spots, uh, I don't think that's going to change. Right. Yeah. Um, I just think there's too much talent out there and they're playing like just so together. I mean, Jim Schwartz is laughing out there today at stuff. I mean, it, it was just ridiculous to, to watch. Like, I don't even know what he was laughing at, but just laughing hysterically on the sidelines, right? Yeah. Uh, Miles dominant. Uh, so it's definitely a top five defense, and uh, they will be tested for sure. But um, 
surprising uh what'd you guys think of uh so you got a little cam mitchell action today you got mm-hmm. smoked once what'd you guys think of cam mitchell today i don't know good Jake. he did pretty well for the most part yeah i mean he was sort of targeted there one time that was bluntly yeah. obvious but yeah he was he's fine i always like to make sure i rewatch some of that stuff to say definitive things i, I thought on first watch he was i mean i thought there's a couple times where I would have preferred to have Greg, right? I mean, because Greg can play, um, mm-hmm. but Cam was not a far drop off. So being able to have these two Northwestern fellows handle the inside, getting him yeah. game experience in a, in a comfortable blowout and type environment was what it turned into. Uh, I am, I'm encouraged by, by the young man. So yeah, I need to, I need to rewatch it and watch closely, but he was around the football, you know, on that play, there was a rub route. I don't know if you guys watched the replay of that ball. I can't remember the receiver it went to. It's not a very well-known guy for them. Um, but they ran, Hopkins ran from, he, he they, they did a little exchange uh, at about five yards and then put him up on a wheel. like a post-wheel concept. And that rub got uh, Mitchell to be off track for a second, but he recovered and was right there and just had to make the play. So um, but again, I don't have anything truly negative to say, but it's hard to pick on any of these guys on defense. Or stop jumping offside. That would help a little bit. That was the thing that they did. Uh, they did incredible. Like they're they're trying to eat so bad, right? Like, Wait, and they haven't they haven't been in this situation. This is something else to remember. You know, first energy stadium rocking loud. You're the dominant force. They've had some moments of this, but this is new, right? Like really new. And they're they're gassed up, man. Like they want to chase. They're in literal chase stat mode that game. I mean, like that's what yeah. you are when it's twenty to three, and there's there's a couple minutes left in the third quarter. Like, oh, I get you know 17, 18 minutes here to just rush the quarterback, and and this yeah. is how I chase my stats. Like that's what defensive linemen love. I always enjoy the exchange. I'm sure you guys saw it too, where Zadarius just missed Ryan Tannehill and mm. Miles ended up cleaning up that sack. It was almost a safety. And like the look of exasperation on, on Zadarius's face before he loves up Miles. They want those sacks, man. That's like it's like a dog chasing a bone, man. They want, they want the, that's what you're you're you, you know, you get judged on sack. Although we've tried to be a smarter footballs uh, people with the pressures and all that stuff. But the <laughs> and it's just like those are not moments that they've had. So I, you know, I'm 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 kind of halfway joking about the offside stuff it's the only thing like i can't pinpoint anything else they just were so they were lights out man tackling was i gotta give them credit because there have been times where i know we have all watched them tackle poorly over the last Mm -hmm. three years and in space and they're just they're so downhill aggressive right now i think someone's going to go into a game plan probably baltimore um or definitely san francisco because that's what kyle does i mean kyle's the ultimate scheme guy so you want to see the test of all tests is like what the 49ers do to challenge what you're comfortable doing and make you uncomfortable. That'll be here before we know it, but someone's going to challenge some of their line of scrimmage tendencies there, but Mm -hmm. they've done a nice job of recovering when teams have tried to use that stuff. And that's all very encouraging, man. And like I said, you have to get used to, we were so down with the offense last week, as you know, Andrew talking about it, talking about talking because it's like, it's just, is the way the Browns go from great to uh, elite is through an offense that's competent. You've we we tend to gloss over this defense. We do, we do, and and they're so they're so good. But it's like they it's not weird to say, guys. They have first and second round picks and highly touted mm-hmm. free agents and trade targets all over this group. So it's like, oh, is this a fluke? Well, not really, because they have a bunch of talent. They should be doing this. So if they harness all of that talent that they have spent top premium dollars on, 
oh, well, yeah, they should be pretty good if they're coached up right, know where to be and do the stuff that they're supposed to do. And that's sort of what's playing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that it really speaks to the it's just such a quick change from where they were. You couldn't count on this defense for uh, anything last year. And that uh, it you know, you make a great point about the talent on the on the roster. A lot of that talent was there last year and it yeah. didn't seem to matter. And so it that that change, that sort of overnight quick change from one of the most uh, unclutch defenses to the one of the most clutch over the past um, you know year over the past offseason is 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 a big part of this. The one look thing the, I want to touch on, real is, quick, it, look look at the version of Denzel Ward that you had right, last year versus right. the version of Denzel Ward you're getting now, which is yep. like maybe the best corner in the league, or he, at least through three weeks he looks like. I mean, you can't complete a pass on him. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I think it's a great point. I, I think that the the aggressive aggression that they're playing with suits their personnel so much better than their previous scheme that it's criminal that the previous defensive coordinator didn't adapt what he did more. Uh, the last thing I just want to say on the defense is I'm I really want to see the turnovers come along more with as much pressure as they're getting, as much disruption as they're getting. You know, there was that uh, Miles where you know Tannehill had the empty hand coming forward that should have been a fumble. Uh, Browns players need to be picking that ball up. I don't know how they're not doing that. I mean, Jake, you pointed out that Grant Delpit made a little bit of a business decision there not to go after that one. Derrick uh, Henry's diving. It's hard to be like, dive yeah, down yeah let me put my head in there. Yeah, totally. But but they've lost the turnover battle in all three games, and they're 2-1. Yeah, so that's th- they point. need to improve the takeaway piece of this because that was something that we bemoaned for years, and all of this other stuff is great. And, and I'm not saying anything wrong about it. You know, it's all it's all really good. But you add that turnover piece and add some explosive plays. Think about what the Steelers did last week, right? The yeah. Browns' defense outplayed the Steelers' defense, except for the fact that the Steelers' defense created 14 points. So yeah. the, the the Browns need to find a way to get the ball. I thought some of that was going to come when Thornhill came back. I'm still just not seeing that playmaking piece where they're kind of putting their head on the ball, you know, getting hands on on the, the ball in the pocket, those sorts of things. If that starts to come along, that's another way that this defense can not only, you know, in, 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 improve their performance, but also really help the offense out. So I want to I want to go back and talk to the offense, talk about the offense. And I want to I want to use a, a, a question from Jack McCurry uh, very generously uh, donating uh, some funds to ask this question. Um, the run game, you know, it, you know, it's going to be tough against Tennessee. They they have a bunch of ass kickers up front and they make it really miserable to run the ball against them. That's kind of Mike Rabel's main thing. Historic uh, run I, defense, I believe. Yeah. 17 stretch. That's right. Yeah. They, they've yeah. been, I mean, Tierra Tart is one of the most underappreciated players in the league. And then mm-hmm. obviously everybody knows Jeffrey Simmons name at this point now. So uh, a lot, a lot of stout defenders up front. Um, but I do want to just kind of talk about the run game because it's our first look at the post Nick Chubb era. So, uh, Jake, just give me kind of your impressions uh, of what you saw out of Jerome Ford. We saw a little bit of Pierre Strong late. We saw some Kareem Hunt sprinkled in there. It, it does kind of look like it's going to be a little bit of a backfield by committee, huh? I don't hate it. I, to be honest, I actually kind of like that angle where you do some of that stuff, where you got Pierre's a bit more of a burst type, right? I think Ford is a good blend of power speed and um, some nuance. And, and obviously, Kareem is just... He's still himself. I mean, he's a bulldozer. He's a hammer. Yeah. He is like the ability to create three yards into six with some of the best of them. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's a nice little blend there. And you're getting experience for two guys here in Ford and uh, Pierre that is that is going to be worthwhile down the line as you ease Nick back in next year, because 
again, we saw some really encouraging news that we all hope comes to fruition and there's um, some good stuff there, but yeah, I, I like, I like what they're able to do. Look, if you look at the stats, like um, the Browns ran, I saw somebody ask Tennessee ran 45 plays, which is just, just another laughable uh, defensive stat uh, for the Browns to hold a team to 45 plays in the game. The Browns ran for 78 and you look at the, the the cast of characters here, like six for 27 for strong Ford ran 10 for 18 Watson, four for 16 Kareem hunt five for 13 on the surface, not encouraging. Right. right. But mm-hmm. I actually thought in the second half, they started to string together some run game efficiency mm-hmm. and hit some eight yard runs on early downs and put themselves into some favorable situations. We all know that Tennessee between Arden key and T and tart and um, Danico Autry, like this is as formidable. This is like, to me, the, the, there could be someone out there that you guys want to correct me with, but as far as collective groups of talent up front, um, there are stronger individual units, but I'm talking collective. It's Tennessee, probably Washington is in that mm-hmm. group from a front perspective. And then uh, I could be forgetting some, maybe the 49ers traditionally have been in there. They've been tough to run on, but like they're really good in this, mm-hmm. the stuff about this historic rush uh, stretch here is not to, to be missed. And obviously we know the Browns had to adjust so many things with last week's game in the middle of it to try to figure, I mean, Nick was at 10 for 65, right? Like yeah. he was at 10 for 65 when he left the game in the what second right. quarter. So he was going to have a night. They ran for nearly 200 in that game. So all of that is really encouraging. So today was going to be hard. And um, to the root, I forget like the specific of Jack's question. I'm sorry, but like what can they do? Yeah. Continue to be diverse. I, I think they have to continue to run from the gun. Um, inside zone needs to be a better part of what they do. Like I'm just watching teams. The Cardinals are just killing the Cowboys on inside zone. And the ironic, Bears, right? as, as bad as, ironic, the, as bad as the Bears are, uh, you know, they get what, beat 41-10. They were just, mm-hmm. just zone reading with with fields and, and chunk yardage in uh, Kansas City on it. So I just want them to do and get more comfortable with some of that north-south with an east-west ability instead of an east-west with a north-south ability, if that makes mm-hmm. sense to you. Like, I think they're trying to do some lateral things. Like, they're even putting more in the backfield a little bit. I I, mm-hmm. I just – I get why Kevin's trying to do that, but the gun stuff is going to be better for me. Um, you can sprinkle – and when you're up in these games, it's 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 13-3, it's 20-3. Yeah. I have no problem with it. But when you're in neutral situations, I need them to be – uh, it, it, look around the league. I think I want to cover this later in the week because Andrew, you and I have talked so much about some of this stuff. Look around the league at what yep. play action is actually working. Yep. It's not the under center stuff, man. Teams are getting really good at melting their coverage with their front uh, run fits. It's it's the shotgun stuff that is giving people a bit of a of an issue here. So mm-hmm. that's the stuff I would like to see them doing a little bit more of. But to get 80 yards, I don't have the Titans numbers in front of me. I would imagine 80 yards is probably in the top 20% of what they've allowed in the last 17 games. And it wasn't, I didn't think the run game was a net negative. I thought it was a neutral to a positive at times for them uh, and and did as the game wore on into the second, third, and then eventually, you know, the little bit of the fourth quarter before the game was decided was a part of the successful offensive approach they had today, which they went for 263. uh, I'm sorry. They went for um, 341. Um, and that's good. 341 yeah. is what you have to do against the Titans and, and be mm-hmm. uh, opportunistic, as we as we like to say. So yeah. all of that's strong. And, and I just I haven't really gone through the Titans uh, collective stats. They had 94 total yards today. So good weather yeah. day, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. The weather was was perfect there by the stadium. Yeah, I think probably not a mistake that some of that uh, running stuff started to open up in the second half when the mm-hmm. uh, 
the, they had hit a few deep shots too. And so it, it made a few opportunities uh, apparent for the, for the offense on the ground as well. I want to uh, bring in uh, our uh, beat reporter, Fred Greetham. Uh, Fred, uh, you were at the game today and, and obviously you've covered the Browns for, for a long time. I just, you know, give us a little bit of historical perspective on, um, you know, where this defense kind of ranks in your mind with some of the other great Browns defenses that you've seen. Well, I can't <clears throat> really think of any great Browns defense, <laughs> except, you know, since 99. Maybe an oxymoron, um, right? This is the best defense since 99 for sure. I mean, Belichick had a year or two in the 90s when he was here. And, you know, Bud Carson, you know, was known for his defense, but they didn't really – they weren't dominant for the a long haul. <clears throat> I mean, you know, I, I've been – you know, jumping on this or yelling about it since day one that I just think Jim Schwartz, he's got, he would, he get these guys up and get them playing and the shenanigans, you know, we all know we watched last year, this team had good players last year, but you know, Joe Woods just didn't attack and didn't, I don't feel took advantage of it. And maybe overall, you know, the, just, the temperament of a Jadavian Clowney. I don't want to play, you know, on first and second down. And there's none of that stuff going on. They want to play. They're all excited. He's almost benches them if they don't all cheer for one another and celebrate. And you can just see in the locker room and practices and even, you know, even like after the game today, these, these guys really care for one another, especially on the defense. And, I think that carries on the field. They know they got some good players and they're just putting them in good positions uh, to make plays. And so obviously three games, pretty good sample. You know, we haven't seen really any elite quarterbacks, but I mean, Joe Burrow, I guess would be one, but they're not counting him as elite because of first game. But as far as, you know, all things being said, um, I think this gives the, the Browns a chance to win week in, week out. We said last year they were, what, 7-10. and 10. Yep. Well, even the previous years, if Joe Woods' mm-hmm. defense could just trim a few points off and they really, you know, couldn't, I think, you know, with with this defense, you get cold teams to 20 or under, you know, I think the offense will figure out enough to score. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's crazy, guys, they're playing dominant one touchdown, three games, but they're not taking the ball away that they want to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like the dams are going to break one of these games because they are so focused on trying to get takeaways. And I think they've had like one, you know, Delpit mm-hmm. had two the other night and <clears throat> none today, you know, yep. as far as that's, you know, points allowed and takeaways is what he emphasizes all the time. They're doing the points allowed, which is probably the most important thing. What mm-hmm. The way I have, have it figured is three points, three points, and 12 points. You take away those 14 that the offense gave the other night. And actually, it's a shutout today if more doesn't fumble on the 17. Right, right. You guys you talked about this. They're only scoring drive. Every play was a negative mm-hmm. play. Their scoring drive was a negative nine yards to kick a field goal. So – I'm I'm really pleased with what I see, and I just 
other than injuries and things like that. But I don't know historical how long you'd have to go back, you know, and you can't after three games compare them, but they have a chance. I grew up watching the Orange Crush to bend but not break. They were good, but they weren't dominant. Um, and even the, you know, teams in the 80s, you know, had trouble sometimes getting mm-hmm. off the field. So yep. The third down thing's what's astounding. Yes. I know we only had two today, and one, I believe, was on a pass interference penalty. That's so, right. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what more you can say. You know, I, I'm no. anxious to see what he does with Lamar Jackson and company next week. That's That becomes kind of the big question, right? Because to your to your point, you know, the, the Joe Burrow game with between the weather and the calf injury lingering, you know, it, it didn't feel like you got their best shot. So so it really does now kind of come down to uh, next week against Lamar Jackson is is sort of the, the next opportunity to see a, a, a really high end quarterback for a while, because I, I think it's it's you know, there's a, there's a few games after that that have young quarterbacks or unproven quarterbacks as well. I don't think we'll put Brock Purdy in the elite category quite yet. But Fred, I want to. Speaking of quarterbacks and, and their ability to be a lead, I want to talk about Deshaun Watson because, you know, a lot of pressure was on this offense uh, today to to kind of prove that last week was not what we were going to have to expect going forward. And they did a lot to kind of dispel that notion, especially in the passing game. The passing game for sure was the more effective uh, form of offensive attack today. So uh, it felt like Watson's best game as a Brown so far, uh, you know, nine, this is what his ninth game with the team. So, um, just kind of talk about your impressions of, of Watson, and then I know that you know you were you were in the in with the press conference with Stefanski and Watson after the game, kind of how they felt about what they were able to accomplish today. Yeah, um, you know, as far as what was interesting watching that game, I I maybe it's because the way it started and the way I didn't realize the numbers he was putting up completion. I wrote mm-hmm. about it this week. Is that he he said he he stopped the reporter when we asked him or the one of the reporters asked him about his accuracy issues from 2018 to 20. It, he was really good. And he says, yeah, but in the, I, I didn't start fast in any of those years. Well, I looked up those years and he was correct. In 2018, he finished, you know, 68% or something like that for the year, but he started out like fifth in the fifties mm-hmm. and he comes out with an 82% today, which was the second best in his career. I did not know that it was that good. And I can think of at least one or two that were dropped or Mm -hmm. went off guys hands. So um, that's what I think you need to do is, is let him get some completions and get going. I think that was kind of the idea against Pittsburgh and Harrison Bryant couldn't catch it. And so, <laughs> you know, you're down seven to nothing. And they just seem to be playing from behind. But no, the completion percentage, the accuracy is what he's always, you know, known for. I think he had over 70% his last year in Houston, you know. And if you can complete passes, you know, at a high percentage, you have a chance to move the chains. And so it seemed like as he got going and got confidence, he started you know, throwing, he thrown through some really, really good passes, I thought. And um, he felt pretty good about it. He feels like he can do better, but it's, it's so much how it is in the NFL. You feel like the guy's a bum one week, next week he's good. But he easily would have went over 300 yards if he didn't get taken out because mm-hmm. of you know, the blowout. So 
It's a big sign, a good sign. I've said all along, we watched Baker Mayfield. You, di you didn't get Watson to be a Baker Mayfield quarterback. But if he just played like Baker Mayfield, they can make the playoffs. Right. To go all the way or f much further, they he has to play elite. But I think this is a good step in the right direction. Um, he played well today and missed a lot of criticism, you know, those coming his way. And he admitted, you know, he, he listened, he's heard it, he's listened. And, uh, you know, so I just, I just think that, you know, if he just settles down, he just seemed again, started out looking like happy feet, made some bad decisions. I don't know what he was doing on that fumble when he tried to throw it, you know, backwards, but. You know, all things being equal. I mean, when you got the defense like that, and he said, and a Cooper said the same thing, they feel like they can really feed off the defense. And you could see that build as the game went on. They had confidence the defense going to shut them down, and they were playing free and loose and putting up points. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they would have had another touchdown. You know, they didn't blow the whistle. So, right. you know, I think, I think the confidence is there. I think he said he's confident. But he wasn't acting like he was confident, especially against Pittsburgh. He was out there kind of playing scared, in my opinion. So, you know, I, I think I think it's a good a good step in the direction for him and the offense today. Yeah, Brad, I, th I think build on what Fred just said there, because I think this is the path forward uh, for the Browns offense clearly is, is, you know, trying to put Watson in these advantageous situations to I mean, I don't I don't think I think. To calling him a game manager today would be would be unkind, uh, unfair. But <laughs> but but certainly in a position where he has some easier throws, some quick throws to kind of develop that rhythm, and then you saw them kind of expand their downfield passing attack as as his comfort grew uh, and that rhythm picked up, and th that seems like a, a potentially a viable path forward for this offense to kind of get Watson into the season, into the rhythm, and finally regaining some confidence, right? It does for for a period of time, right? Like at some point, I think that Jake made a good point earlier, and I noticed the same thing. But like you came out under center, right? Like right from the get on that first drive, and 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 eventually when he threw his best his best balls and he looked the best at quarterback is when he's out of the gun. I even thought the run game looked better out of the gun in the second half. Uh, a couple plays with uh, Ford and and. Um, strong uh, out of the gun looked pretty good. So, like, that needs to, like, transition to that, right, at some point or to more of that maybe earlier in the game. Uh, do, do you have to ramp him up every game? Let's hope not, right? Like, let's hope that we get to a point where he can just go out there and run the offense the way they want to do it, you, you know. Because kind of saying you have to get him momentum is like kind of like treating him with baby gloves, right? Like we have to get him a few early uh, to get his head right. Uh, I think that's fine for now, but it's sustainable. Uh, I don't think you can rely on that every game. I think that's fair to say. Listen, I, a couple things I wanted to comment about the offense real quickly that we hadn't hit on. So uh, Elijah Moore, 12 touches today, right? three out of the backfield for a negative one yard, nine catches for 49 yards. Listen, I, and that, that thing came out before the game, the tweet about the, uh, which, which I agree was a little weird, right. About him yeah. and the gimmick stuff. Uh, I, I am all for them using him in exotic ways and getting him in the ball and trying to maybe even like 
you know, just have the threat of the East-West stuff, right, with him. But 12 touches where he his longest catch was for 14 yards and he did all of it running, like, he is a too good of a route runner, in my opinion, and a receiver, period, to just exclusively use around the line of scrimmage with screens and jet sweeps and and touches all around the line of scrimmage. Like, I remember Jake's, you know, breakdown on him as a wide receiver. I mean, his ability to snap off routes and create separation is too good for him to just be used in that role, in my opinion. And I just feel like it's hype. It's too much right now. Like, he's not – he touched it three times for negative one yards – uh, as far as the run game goes, I thought it was fine. This run defense is stout. They've shut everybody down. We said last night, I was like, if they get 60 yards against this run defense, I think that's enough to keep them honest and be able to throw against them. They got 70 plus, mm-hmm. right? So that I was totally fine with that. But I just am a little questioning the, the usage of more. Like, I just think he's too good of a receiver to just be a gadget guy. Yeah, I think that's something we – we agree on something we've talked about a little bit, and I think it's it's you know it's frustrating to see. I th- I think you know if there's a team defensively that you don't really want to try that stuff against, it's the Titans, right? There's there's yeah. I mean, regardless of that lat lat that late Cooper touchdown where they cut him loose, they play very disciplined football. I mean, on the, on that double or reverse that ended up being a screenplay, uh, they were trying to run Cooper deep, and two guys went with him, so. You know those those trick plays. I, I I it doesn't seem like the right team to be trying those against. But um, you know it certainly made the first quarter more entertaining uh, because the ball you didn't know where the ball was going play to play. So um, well we, we you know we've kind of I think we've covered this from every angle. I want to I want to wrap things up here and kind of send everybody home happy so they can go uh, root against the Steelers tonight in in full throat. Um, you know we'll we'll obviously be looking forward to. The Ravens game uh, coming up next Sunday, and we'll have a full week of coverage across the OBR streaming network and on the website uh, with every angle from this game, looking backwards and then looking forwards to next weekend. So, um, Jake, I'll go to you first. Um, give me kind of your big takeaway from this game. One one thing that you're going to kind of take with you that you think you've learned about this team from tonight. The life after Nick Chubb is possible, that they can find a way to, to stomach forward with a different running back group. Uh, put together some elements that I think are going to continue to change your mind or that they were on a short week. It's hard to change a ton of stuff on a short week. Um, it'll keep evolving and that there the season isn't over. And if you listen to Kevin's postgame speech, he's everywhere. Nick is always around this team. Miles has him written on his you know, wrist tape. Like guys mm-hmm. love him. He's the unquestioned loved guy in this uh, organization. And he's everywhere. He's present. They're giving him a game ball afterward. But there is life after Nick. They can still – go to the places they want to go if the defense continues to be a really strong defense and watson up upwardly trends uh the the direction that we saw today and helps the offense collectively keep on keeping on because ford is talented and we saw it in multiple ways today pierre strong will continue to get better the more he gets acclimated to being here and what they're looking for from him and um obviously uh, kareem is just a welcome addition in style that mm-hmm. is a, that was a really wise thing to bring back so um i don't think that they're better without nick no they're never better without him but there is a life that they can still find success after him and i think that's important to remember uh fred over to you for kind of a final thought on what we saw today well i think if you keep letting deshaun get the ball and look for amari is a security blanket he makes plays he gets open just continue to put him in position to get him going and i think that he'll only 
get better from here, you know? And so mm -hmm. I think that bodes well for the offense because everybody's worried about what was Nick Chubb's role going to be this year. Always going to be de-emphasized because of the pass first. Well, now they're in that position and they're going to make do with, with the committee. But as far as you really need the passing game to be like today, week in, week out. Mm -hmm. Brad, wrap us up. Hey, this is uh, six days ago. We were feeling really bad. This is one of the situations. You know, people always say two step forward, three step back, or whatever. This is the reverse, right? We went two <laughs> steps back, three steps forward, and uh, onward and upward from here. Because you can actually, ha you actually have for the first time this year, and, and including the six games last year, a tangible effort from Watson that you can point to and mm -hmm. say this is this is what we need, right? And Although I think it can get even get better than that from him, you actually have that performance to uh, to put in the barn, so to speak. Uh, so uh, that's where we feel really good about this, and this defense is incredible and a lot of fun to watch, and it makes them really easy to root for. I think that's really well said. Yeah, I think the, the energy that the team is playing with is, especially at home, uh, is turning into a real factor. And I think, you know, we saw. Brad, as you alluded to, we saw how that can work against the Browns last Monday night when the, the the Steelers defense was feeding off of the energy from the crowd. But I think the same thing happened in reverse, and it benefited the Browns today, that the Browns defense was feeding off of the crowd and inspired a really uh, impressive performance that I, I think, you know, it's going to get start getting national attention at another level how seriously this Browns defense is playing and, and as one of the top units in the NFL, uh, regardless of which side of the ball. So, uh, thank you to everybody for showing up. We had a, a, a great time uh, recapping the game with you. The chat was awesome. Uh, a lot of great statistics being thrown around, a lot of great uh, jokes. As always, we appreciate your involvement. My thanks to Jake Burns, to Brad Ward, to Fred Greetham for joining us uh, to kind of you know give some perspective on this, this win. Browns win 27-3. to We will break it down all day tomorrow. There will be a, a, a slew of articles breaking down the Browns win from every different angle. And then uh, tomorrow night, uh, Jake will have his film review. Uh, we'll have shows throughout the week on the Browns, uh, the OBR uh, streaming network, I should say, on Twitch or on YouTube. So check those out. And then obviously we'll uh, lock back in for uh, Sunday football again next week against the uh, hated Baltimore Ravens. So until then, for everybody here, and, and I should also thank, uh, thank uh, Ian McBride behind the scenes. Thank you so much for running things so smoothly, Ian. I really appreciate that. Uh, for everyone here, uh, for all of you, thank you so much. Uh, for tonight, go Raiders, and uh, for always, go Browns. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.